Susan, can you grab my coffee from downstairs? Susan? Honey? Todd Hoyt, April 3rd, 1997. I wake up like I do every day, absolutely exhausted. My name is Susan, and I am absolutely exhausted. I turn to the right, pull myself off the bed, and pad to the bathroom. When I sit down to pee, I let my head dangle between my knees, eyes closed, almost fall asleep right there on the toilet. The floor is decorated with curly chest hair, and I'm pretty sure it's not mine. I lift my head back up and look outside, where a single streetlight is sending a funnel of light down into our cul-de-sac. Todd's words ring in my ear. If you go back to work, who will take care of the kids? Me, I'd said. Me. Of course it will be me. Todd doesn't even know where we keep the laundry detergent, which waffles are the right waffles, and I'm not sure he's ever actually touched the vacuum cleaner other than tripping over it when I forget to put it back into the closet. Me. It will all be me, of course. I am so tired. I should have never gone back to work, or never had kids, or never gotten married. But then I remember that I love my kids, my husband, and yes, I love my job. I rub my face, try to adjust to the bright light, get up without wiping, and turn on the shower. I can't forget that I'm having lunch with Kevin today. Just one more thing I have to deal with. But he's my brother, and he said he needs to talk about something important. He sounded like he was going to cry. That hasn't happened since we were teenagers, so I said yes. Even though I have a meeting with marketing at 9.30, and will have to pretend the VW is a race car to make it back in time to pick up the kids from school. Maybe Todd could pick them up. But I picture his face if I'd ask. The anxiety that would start shooting across his expression, and the four excuses he's lined up and ready to go. My favorite is that I'm better at it than he is, whatever it is I ask of him. Like it takes some sort of special skill to let the twins into the back seat. They're ten. They can walk. They know how to open doors. I get into the shower and turn the water as hot as it can go. It feels good. I see a lot of Kevin and myself in the twins, my Elizabeth and John. Elizabeth looks eerily like me when I was her age. Somehow John looks more like my own brother Kevin than he looks like Todd. The genes on my side of the family must be dominating. I turn off the shower. The sun is starting to light up the tiles of the bathroom. I'm running late already. I let my hair air dry, apply something that could pass for clown makeup in some parts, and throw Pop-Tarts into the toaster oven and toast into the toaster. Then I'm right back on track. The twins can fight over who gets what. I'm only here to supply the food, not ration it. Soon enough, they're bargaining over who gets the Pop-Tarts versus who gets to play Nintendo 64 first after school. Elizabeth plays the long game and takes dry toast in exchange for first dibs on Mario 64. Clever girl. John bites happily into his Pop-Tarts. Alright, everyone aboard, I announce and down the rest of my coffee. Todd shuffles into the kitchen, still in his pajamas. Bye, honey. He grumbles and fills his 
best dad ever mug before taking a seat and opening his Newsweek. I kiss him on the head, grab my bag, and usher the kids into the driveway. Mom, I forgot to brush my teeth. John looks guilty. There's gum in the car. You snooze, you lose, mister. He doesn't look happy, but they both pile into the back seat without further ado. The kids are dropped off a block away from school grounds at their request, and I make my way onto the 95 to drive into the city. It takes longer when I'm running late, but today Early Bird gets the open road, and I'm at the office with time to spare. I grab a cup of coffee at the food truck downstairs, sail into my office, fix my makeup from clown to office look, and sit at my desk doing nothing for a full four minutes. But then it's off to my first meeting, which goes swimmingly. People still need scientific reagents, as it turns out, and we come up with a good strategy to ensure our customers know that we are not the same company that was found keeping their antibody-producing animals in less than ideal living conditions. Our ad posters show happy goats in fields and on mountainsides, happily producing antibodies to anything you might want to probe for. It's all very cute. After the marketing meeting, I have to check in with QC to make sure production isn't falling behind, and before I know it, I'm running late for my lunch with Kevin. I make sure my secretary knows the restaurant we will be at in case anything should happen while I'm away, and run towards the fence where we're meeting at some cheesy bar. Check out the shoulder pads on Susan. Haha, <laughs> very funny. I throw my jacket off and slide into the booth next to Kevin, conscious of my shoulder suddenly. How does he always do that? I can feel like Wonder Woman one moment and a single comment from Kev about anything I do, and I'm that ten-year-old dweeb all over again. Without my jacket, I feel unprotected, but I can't put it back on now. So what's up? I say absentmindedly as I glance over the menu. Kevin clears his throat as the waiter pours our waters. I wait for him to leave and put down my menu. I'll get the Cobb salad like always anyway. No, really, what's up? He had been almost in tears on the phone. If he's wasting my time, or if that was some practical joke just to get me to lunch, I'll kill him. There's a moment of silence. Kevin takes a big gulp of his water. The ice cubes clink against the glass. Then he leans back in the dark wood booth, leaning hard against the leather. Lauren left me. Shit, is all I can say. Lauren and Kevin have been together since high school. They were the golden couple then, are supposed to be the golden couple now. Todd and I are the two that everyone secretly thinks will eventually get divorced. Well, not so secret. Yeah, Kevin says, still holding his water. The condensation is disappearing around the heat of his fingers. Shit. I say again, and then the only thing I can think to ask. Why, Kev? She said she wanted more. I'm not sure what that means. His fingers tense around the glass, and he lets go of it, brushing his hair back with his wet fingers. She didn't even take the kids. Can you believe that? She said she needed time to herself and went to her sister's house. Shit. Shit, Susan, stop saying shit. That's not helpful. Then, despite myself, as what Kevin just said starts to sink in, I start to laugh. You're taking care of the kids? Kevin looks at me, 
tears in his eyes, but now he, too, is laughing, a low wheezing chuckle at the absurdity of it. Yeah, me. I'm taking care of the kids. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I feed them, right? At intervals, and, like, buy them toilet paper. You're starting a whole new parenting style. Did you drop them at school this morning? Are they roaming the streets of Boston right now? I sigh and put my hand on his shoulder. Don't worry, Kev. You only have, like, four or five years left on those kids. Then you're scot-free. I mean, really? Lauren already did most of it. I keep laughing until I see that Kevin's face has grown sallow. Shit, that's why she left, isn't it? Kevin nods. I think so. But, I mean, I was the one going to work, making the money. All she had to do was stay home and keep them alive, and then she could do whatever she wanted with the rest of her time. I hope you didn't use the phrase, all she had to do, to her face. There's another silence. Do mom and dad know? No. I mean, not yet. I'll tell them if she doesn't come back in a week. You think she'll come back? I don't want to tell Kevin this, but he's like number three this year, just among the couples I know. Meanwhile, Todd and I are actually doing pretty well. I wish he would do more, too but at least he didn't make a big deal when I told him I was going back to work. Marry a pushover. That's great advice, Susan. I tell you I could help, but... I shrug. You got those shoulder pads now, really wearing you down. What are you going to tell Mom and Dad? I look at him, but he just stares at the table. Are you going to ask Mom for help? God, no. His eyebrows knit together, meet above his nose. She raised us. I'm not going to ask her to do that all over again. You asked Lauren to do that. Yeah, but that's her job. Was. I let that sink in. The waiter comes over and takes our order of one cob salad and a cheeseburger medium rare. I do wonder what Mom would think of all of this. Mom, who stayed home willingly, almost like it was a relief. She had been a teacher before she met Dad, but as soon as Kevin popped into the world, she said adios classroom and hello housework. Some people are made for it. She was. We wait for our food and make small talk. The garage is still going well. Kevin's kids, two boys, aren't completely sure what is going on with their parents, though they have figured out by now that it's not good. Kevin has tried to explain it to them, but that basically boiled down to telling them that mom was tired and had to go rest at Aunt Jenny's. I doubt it fooled them. Do you think maybe it's Mom and Dad's fault? Just a little? I poke at my salad. What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? We were the perfect nuclear family. Dad worked, Mom stayed home, and she loved it. And so it makes sense that you grow up and figure that's how it goes. I don't think she loved it all that much. Not all the time, anyway. What makes you say that? Got her crying in the laundry room once. You know, when you accidentally put in something red with all the whites and everything turns pink. Mom cried over pink laundry? Kevin shrugs. It wasn't the only time I saw her cry. I don't say anything for a moment. Then, well, if she doesn't come back within a week and you want me to be there when you tell Mom and Dad, let me know. What, so you can laugh at me? Laugh at Kevin and his life falling apart. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I mean it. 
If you want me there, I'll be there. The anger in his face is replaced with sadness. I know, Susan. I know. Let's hope she comes back before everything in your closet is magenta. This time he doesn't laugh, and neither do I. It's always been like this. I wind him up and take it too far until it isn't funny anymore. We eat our lunch in silence until it's time to go. When we get out onto the street, we turn and face each other. Hey, Kev, you know I didn't mean to make fun of you, right? Yeah, I know. He gives me a hug and takes a step back. And I might not be as in touch with my emotions ever again, so I'm just going to say this now before I back out. I just wanted to say that I get it. I get that it wasn't easy for you growing up, and that you make fun of me because it's just what you did when we were kids. I know it must have been hard. Then he turns and walks away, and I want to call out to him, but I am too confused to figure out what he meant, and the maitre d' comes running out just then to tell me someone's on the phone from work. I run in to take the call, and in the midst of trying to get an engineer to fix one of the processing vats in Topsfield, I forget what had taken Kevin almost thirty-odd years to tell me. The tires of the VW screech in front of two very disappointed twins and an even more disappointed P.E. teacher. I start apologizing before I'm even all the way out of the car, but she doesn't want to hear it. Mrs. Hoyt, if you cannot pick your children up on time, they need to find an alternative mode of transportation. Like what? I think to myself. A magic carpet? I'm the magic carpet. I know. I'm so sorry. I smile wide and feel grateful I didn't reapply my shock red lipstick at the last traffic light. Please do not let it happen again. She turns and walks back into the school. I grimace at Elizabeth and John. She is a buzzkill, isn't she? They both just groan and get into the back seat of the car. Why couldn't Dad just pick us up? He's writing today anyway. He's home. Elizabeth asks from the back seat. Because it's Mom's job to come get us, that's why. John answers before I can get a word in. But that doesn't make any sense. He's like ten minutes away. Mom is like an hour. I choose to sit this one out. But Mom has always picked us up. You can't just change jobs like that. John has always liked rules. Hate it, change. But it isn't practical. Elizabeth has just picked up this concept of things being more or less practical. She's not wrong, but I choose diplomacy. Your dad was just busy in his own way today. Writing takes a lot of work, you know, and you can't always see it when it's happening. That seems to satisfy them for now, and I turn up the radio. Hold On by Wilson Phillips is playing, and I lower my window, turn it up louder, and sing out at the other cars. The twins groan, but I think embarrassing them from time to time in public is healthy. Mom, this song is so old! Elizabeth tries to scoot down into her seat and pushes her jacket around her face, lets someone from school see her. I answer her with a loud, break free from the change, and John lets me know those aren't the actual lyrics. I knew that. Mom was late picking us up. John informs Todd, who's sitting at the kitchen table, dressed now and eating a sandwich. You'll spoil your appetite for dinner. I rub his shoulder and go to pour myself a glass of water. Sorry, I was on a roll, and this is the first time I've come up for air all day. Todd writes for one of the local newspapers. 
It's always a few days out in the field, and then he holds himself up for a few more days until words are produced onto a page, and he does it all over again. I throw my jacket on the hook by the door and start boiling water. What are you making? Todd is standing beside me as if out of thin air. Jeez, you startled me. Lasagna. I'm making a lasagna. Now get back to your office and out of my way. I say playfully, and he kisses me. What if I want to stay here? We smile and do that googly stare into each other's eyes thing that makes the kids yell gross and run out of the room. There's some sort of commotion in the living room. You had the Pop-Tarts, so I get to play first. Elizabeth sounds pissed. That's my cue. Todd gives me a peck on the lips, grabs his plate with the half-eaten sandwich, and disappears up the stairs to his office. Kids! My mom voice is on like a switch. It's her fault! I can hear John saying as I come into the living room, like he's preparing an opening statement already. What is? I look at them. The controller of the N64, or what's left of it. What's left of the TV screen. I didn't mean to. I was just trying to get it back, and he wouldn't let go. But I didn't let go, and so it's your fault. Right, Mom? There is a shift, somewhere inside my brain. What Kevin said at lunch suddenly makes sense. It couldn't have been easy for you. All the times Mom would take his side over mine, even when I didn't break the rules. Even when it was very clearly his fault. Boys will be boys, she'd always say, and send him outside to play, and me to my room. John, go to your room. My voice is so low, they both lean forward to make sure they heard me correctly. But Mom! John tries to make a stand, but I grab his arm harder than I mean to, and look down into his brown eyes with those long lashes, just like Kevin's, exactly like Kevin's, and say very calmly, without letting go of his arm, Now. Tears make his lashes stick together, but he doesn't say anything else and goes upstairs. It wasn't my fault. Elizabeth is still defending herself. I know that Kevin said he'd let you go first, and that he broke his promise, but Elizabeth, never use violence to get your will. John. What? She's looking at me like she's the mom for a moment, unsure of what to do. She's looking at me like I've lost it. You said Kevin. You mean John didn't keep his promise? Yes, of course. Now go up to your room until dinner's ready. We'll talk about the TV tomorrow. She goes, staring at me intensely like I might snap at any moment and start smashing the furniture in two. The water is boiling happily in the pot and I let the pasta glide into the water, chop the vegetables and fry the hamburger meat, layer the lasagna and pile on the cheese. I've always liked cooking. It calms me. At dinner, both the twins are very quiet and I wonder if Elizabeth told John about my mental slip. That little traitor. Eh, let them bond over their crazy mother. Anything good happen at school today? That's how Todd always asks the question, not, did anything happen at all? Did anything good happen? I gotta be on my algebra test, John says. That's great, says Todd. Lauren left Kevin. Everyone stops eating. What? 
Todd looks at me in alarm. But they're... The perfect couple? I finish his sentence. I know. Go figure. Maybe we should discuss this more when the kids aren't around. He eyes them nervously, as if this isn't something they'd find out sooner or later from their cousins anyway. I'm not surprised, Elizabeth says, chewing on her food, cheese steaming out of her mouth. Elizabeth Hoyt, close your mouth while you're eating. Mom reflexes. She swallows and mouths, sorry, then digs right back in. John makes sure to swallow before declaring his allegiance. Uncle Kevin is awesome. He gets to work on cars all day. Who wouldn't want to be with him? I hold up my fork and Elizabeth chews heavily before swallowing exaggeratedly, then says, Yeah, but he's never home, and you said yourself, being around Eddie and Kyle for more than an hour is the worst. John shrugs. Elizabeth is good at keeping track of who said what about whom. After dinner, I rinse and stack the dishes, sing along to the radio without being shamed for it. Then I grab my briefcase and go over the files for the following day. If the engineer doesn't work out, we'll have to find another one. I start looking up numbers on how much it would cost to have one on staff, try to fit it into the budget somehow. The dishwasher is humming happily when Todd comes back into the kitchen, quick-footed and a little aloof like he forgot something. You look busy. I am busy. I don't look up, but I can see his head swivel around from the corner of my eye as if he's inspecting the kitchen. You looking for something? I rest my hand in the palm of my hand. I know I must look tired. This isn't sexy, but I'm too exhausted for sexy right now. Uh, no, I just wanted to mention that I'm almost done with the story I'm working on, and that my deadline isn't for two days, so I'll be able to pick up the kids from school tomorrow. Thanks. That would be great. I look back down at the budget. And thank you, Lauren.